Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Crowd Noise Podcast. I am your host, Stephen Martinez, on a Thursday, September 19th, 2019. We got some good games this week. We have some pretty solid games this week, and we have some pretty terrible games this week, including tonight. You know how much I despise, how much I loathe the idea of Thursday night football. And as if it could not be disrespectful or insulting enough as a football fan that we have games on Thursday night. We have, for the second straight week, a dump truck matchup in prime time on national television. There's only about... Well, there's three nationally televised games every week. Sunday night, Monday night, and Thursday night. You only get three guaranteed. Because even the game of the week on Fox or the game of the week on CBS, they're not nationally televised. Even sometimes, depending on where you live, you might miss out on those on America's game of the week. So there's really only three games that everybody gets to watch. And one of them, 33% of those games, are a flat-out insult. Last week, what do we have? Oh, the Bucks and the Panthers. Tonight, we have the two very competitive Super Bowl contending teams, uh... The Tennessee Titans and the Jacksonville Jaguars, two very not good teams and two small market teams. And to say that there is a lack of stars on the field tonight would be an understatement of the greatest proportion. We, I mean, and I said it last week, and it may be true. Now I'm starting to believe that it's actually true. I have not looked forward in the season to see what the Thursday night games are are on the schedule because it's not worth my time. I hate Thursday night football. It's a waste. I don't watch the games. I don't care who wins the games. If my fantasy, if I have a player on my fantasy team playing, I purposely sit them. I avoid players playing on Thursday night because the games are lousy. Um, so it's not worth my time to look forward. I don't know who's playing next week. I don't know who play. I don't know who's playing two weeks from now. I don't because I really I don't care. But as far as tonight and last week, I can't talk about what's already happened and what we have right in front of us. Um, I do think the NFL is trying to faction out Thursday night football. I think the NFL has had enough because you get Carolina and Tampa Bay. That's a bad game. And that was the first technically official Thursday night game because two weeks ago it was not necessarily Thursday. It was on Thursday and it was at night, but it technically was not Thursday night football. It was a Thursday edition of Sunday night football because it was produced by NBC. You had Al Michaels, Chris Collinsworth, and that was the Packers and the Bears. Should have been a good game. It wasn't, but we're not going to count that as Thursday night football. So first, your first two games, or really your first game, was Carolina-Tampa Bay. Snooze fest. Didn't even bother watching it. Uh, and then you followed that up with Tennessee and Jacksonville? Are you kidding me? So I think they're trying to just put out the worst games possible, the teams that really aren't true contenders. And then probably by next season, we'll, Thursday Night Football will have ceased to exist. So uh, maybe there's light at the end of the tunnel. Perhaps it is a oncoming train. I do not know. But in the meantime, we have a lousy football game on tonight, which I will not bother watching. However, and I did allude to this last week as well, These games are so terrible. It makes me that much more excited for Sunday. And Saturday as well. Saturday at college football is the best. 
maybe these games are purposefully terrible for one of two reasons. Either they're trying to get rid of Thursday night football, so they're trying to trying to tank their own ratings, or number two, they're trying to make these games so awful that you tune in on Sunday to kind of cleanse your palate. And that could be very well true this week. Because we have some good games on this week. We do have, on Sunday, Ravens and Chiefs, Lamar Jackson, Patty Mahomes, what more do you want? Steelers, 49ers. That game may not seem interesting on paper, but I do think it is very interesting because uh, we have San Francisco, obviously, who's 2-0. and San Francisco flying under the radar. And the Pittsburgh Steelers, who are 0-2. And their season is kind of torpedoing already. Ben Roethlisberger out for the season. I think that's a pretty interesting storyline there. Um, and I like San Francisco. They, their defense is the bread and butter of this team. And they've been drafting well on defense for years now. And they're finally starting to reap what they have sown. Uh, I'm a big... Uh, San Francisco 49ers fan. Still not sold on Jimmy G. It's only two games. I have to see it over the course of a whole season, but I do like the San Francisco 49ers. And on Sunday night, you get uh, Rams and Browns. Now, on paper, that one does not sound interesting at all, but you get a very good team in, uh, in the shape of the Los Angeles Rams and a team It should be a very good test for the Cleveland Browns. A primetime game nationally televised against a very good team, the NFC uh, the reigning NFC champions, that is, Los Angeles Rams. I think that's a pretty interesting game. You get Cowboys and Dolphins. Josh Rosen's, uh, well, not his first career start, his first start in Miami. I think that's very interesting. Love me some Josh Rosen, the chosen one. Uh, so there's some good games on. And then in college, which is what we're going to lead off with today, as we normally do, uh, we have three fantastic games, actually. All top 25 ranked teams in our college picks today. We get number 11, Michigan, in Madison against the Badgers on Wisconsin. We get number 8, Auburn, in College Station against A&M. Bo Nix, what more do you, facing the 12th man, what more do you want? And then, the creme de la creme. Number 7, Notre Dame, in Athens, Georgia, to take on the dogs. I mean, I cannot wait to watch this game what a treat. We had two weeks ago LSU-Texas. That was a fantastic game. I hope you watched it. Last week, nothing really. I mean, there weren't really many interesting games on. Um, but then we, we bounce back a week later. We get the Irish, and we get Georgia. This game is very hard for me to pick. It really is. Because Notre Dame, I love what they've done with Ian Book. They're very well balanced. They now have a downfield threat with Ian Book. He can throw the ball down the field. Georgia, obviously, number number three in the nation and may not even be the best team or is not even the best team in the SEC, may not even be the second best team in the SEC. You still have Auburn. You still have LSU. Very fun college uh, week of college football ahead of us. So let's get into it. Let's start today with our college picks. Already spoiled. Already spoiled the games that we're going to be picking today, but... They're still great games. Me telling you what games we're going to pick a few minutes in advance does not ruin the pageantry of these three games. I was looking for an adjective there, and I settled on pageantry. Now, last week in college football, we had we were batting a thousand on the seat. We went three and zero last week. We had and in okay, we had three cheese games. We had Oklahoma, UCLA. That was easy. We had Clemson and Syracuse. Then we had Iowa, Iowa State. 
went three and zero. Very not even fairly. Very easy week last week. But in my defense, the streak goes two ways. There were no competitive games on last week. There was actually not one, not one game where there was two teams ranked in the top twenty-five. Not one. So can't really blame me for picking cheese games at that point because there weren't any competitive games to choose from. This week, however, I make it up to you. We have three, we have three games where teams are both ranked in the top twenty-five. So we went three and zero last week. We are currently at six and three on the season. Not only did we get back to five hundred, we have now have doubled the win column from the loss column. So we're looking to keep that streak alive. We're looking to keep that going. Now, what's our first game here? Number eleven, Michigan. Number thirteen, Wisconsin. Cannot wait to watch this game. All these games are going to be fun. Fun to watch. But Michigan, Wisconsin. I I love the Big Ten. I really like the schools in the Big Ten. It's a very balanced conference. There's really not... It's not a top-heavy conference. Maybe like the SEC or definitely like the ACC for sure. Um, It's very well balanced. I like the teams in there. I do think they have a potential chance to have two representatives in the college football playoff. So long as Michigan holds up their end of the bargain which all depends on this week, on this game, this Saturday. Can they take care of business against Wisconsin Badgers? They went to double overtime against Army of all teams. They went to double overtime against Army last Saturday, and people are kind of selling stock on Michigan. Now, here's my take on that. I cannot sell stock on Michigan if I had never bought stock on Michigan in the first place. I picked Ohio State to win the conference because this is still an Urban Meyer team. Now, he is no longer the head coach, obviously, but this team was constructed and recruited by Urban Meyer. Therefore, they are still the best team in the conference, and they have been on full display thus far this season. Now, Michigan, on the other hand, is maybe their most talented roster that Jim Harbaugh has had since he has entered Ann Arbor as a head coach. And still... There is a reluctance from Michigan to score the football, which is kind of ironic because Jim Harbaugh is an offensive coach, play quarterback. How are they having trouble scoring the ball? And then on top of all that, you have the most talented roster you've ever had, and you, there's, there's just a lack of, of downfield electric plays by Michigan. They're really not much of a threat to throw the ball downfield. They're really not much of a threat to move the ball consistently um, then you play Wisconsin in Madison, who's just known for known for their defense, known for keeping the defense, the opposing defense, on the field with their power running game. I love Wisconsin. They've had uh, so many great running backs over the past decade or so. They're, they've really made a um, sort of a monopoly, really, in the NFL draft with producing these running backs. The latest in a long line of running backs being Jonathan Taylor, another Heisman candidate. Um, he's just he's fantastic maybe the best maybe the best since Melvin Gordon quite frankly he's a fantastic running back at Wisconsin I like the Badgers this week Um, it would be I guess sort of considered an upset I do not have the spread here but it would be considered an upset as far as the rankings but I do feel like Michigan is slightly overrated Um, as far as their rankings they're number 11 in the country right on the outside looking in of the top 10 Clearly, I think Wisconsin's a better team. I think they're a much deeper team. I think they're a much more balanced team. Is Michigan 
more talented? Sure, but we've made that mistake many times on this very show in the past of picking the more talented teams rather than picking who is the better team. More talented doesn't always necessarily mean better. Okay, the Patriots have zero talent on their team every single year. This year they do. They have they have a plethora of talent on the Patriots this year, which makes them so scary. But my point is, they don't have many stars on that team outside of Tom Brady, right? And they might have the greatest dynasty in NFL history. So I'm not, I'm not buying into Michigan. I didn't buy into Michigan to start the season. I like the Badgers to win at home this week. Now on to Auburn, A&M, an SEC battle. These are always, always fun. There is a part of me that is tempted to pick A&M only because they're at home and because you have the legendary 12th man atmosphere. Um, I One that I've never been a part of, never been to College Station, um, but it is certainly one of the premier college, home field atmospheres in all of college football. Definitely a stadium that I would love to visit. If I had... Uh, if I still had those baboon sponsors, that would definitely be high on the list of where I would travel to if I had any sort of money whatsoever. Make sure you share the Crowd Noise podcast with your friends. But back to the game. Um, Auburn has the biggest star in the game. Now, we just got through saying don't always take the talent. Um, emphasis on don't always take the talent. Most of the time, you should take the talent. I'm taking Auburn because of Bo Knicks, I am kind of jumping on. I'm not necessarily jumping on the Bo Knicks train, um, but I do think he will be enough to win this game in particular. I never really bought into Jimbo Fisher and A&M. I never thought they were amongst the upper echelon teams in the nation or even the SEC for that matter. Um, and I think Auburn has... Uh, they have some unfinished business that they, they want to get to the SEC championship. They want to beat Alabama, and they want to get into the playoff. Cannot do that if they lose this Saturday. I'm taking Auburn uh, in College Station. And then finally, the crown jewel of the weekend, Notre Dame and Georgia. It's the second game in their home-and-home home series last season. Fantastic. Was in South Bend this year in Athens, too. Again, and look at these... these um, the venues that we're playing these games at. You have Madison, Wisconsin. I think it was voted the number one college town in the nation or by, by Sports Illustrated, I want to say. So that should tell you how great their home field is. Uh, you have A&M, the 12th man. Last year, you, you had the game in South Bend. This year, it's in Athens, Georgia. I mean, the venues that we're getting this Saturday for these games, second to none. I mean, this may be the best slate of college venues in any given in any given Saturday, this might have the best home field advantage of of all Saturdays combined. So, uh, fantastic! I cannot wait for this game. Notre Dame, Georgia. I mean, what, what more do you want? Two top ten teams playing against each other. Not a new, the only thing that would make this thing better is on a. I can't even say that. I think it's actually better that it's not on a neutral field. So much about college football is the atmosphere and the fans and the students. I think it's actually better that we have this game on a neutral field and it's more accessible for the students. It makes for a much more uh, ruckus uh, crowd noise. Wink, wink. So I'm actually going to take, I'm actually going to take Georgia in this game. Um, I just think they just have more strength and speed on defense specifically. I like Notre Dame as a program. I like um, what Brian Kelly has done. Notre Dame is a traditional power 
in college football, but it is hard to recruit if you're Notre Dame against schools like Georgia, like LSU, Alabama, even USC, um, because you're an academic power first and foremost. It is a private school. Um, it's harder to get players to buy into that culture. It's harder to get players that are eligible to succeed in that culture. And yet Notre Dame making the playoff last year, again ranked in the top 10 this year. And I feel like they're actually better than they were last year because now they have Ian Book. He was a starter last year, but he had to take over um, over some time. He's had a full season under his belt. He's only going to get better a year later. I, li- I think they're better than they were last year, but they're not Georgia. They are a very good program, and I I respect what Brian Kelly has done. He's won at every single stop he's been at, but I think Georgia at home is just going to be way too much for Notre Dame. I'll take them by 10 points at home. So there you go. We're hoping to keep keep the train going. We went 3-0 last week. There was some cheese involved, allegedly. There's some controversy um, concerning last week's picks. We want to make up for it. We want to prove that last week was not just, it wasn't just a cheese fest, okay? We made those picks, and they were good picks. We want to keep it rolling this week. We went 3-0. Now on to the NFL, where we did not have the same success last week that we did in college football, admittedly. Went 3-0 in college last week, and conversely in the NFL, we actually went 0-3. We didn't get a single game right. We had the Saints over the Rams, that did not happen. Drew Brees uh, obviously exited the game with a thumb injury. He had surgery on that. It uh, looks like he's going to be out for six to eight weeks. So that will have um, longing effects on the New Orleans Saints. Uh, had the Eagles on Sunday night. Carson Wentz, again, they're kind of becoming like the 2013 Florida State Seminoles. Remember Jameis Winston, his last season, not the national championship year, but the first year of the playoff when they got smashed by Oregon? Um, They had made like a tradition week in and week out of of starting slow and going into halftime at a deficit. And the Eagles so far for two straight weeks now have come out and look like the UTEP Miners in the first half. And then they turn it on. At the second half, they look like who the Eagles are supposed to be. Carson Wentz had two interceptions in the first half. I mean, ugly interceptions. Eagles did not play very well. In the second half, they turned it on, but it was just it was just too late. Um, got stopped on the last play of the drive. It was fourth and eight, I believe. Throw to Zach Ertz. He gets stopped like half a yard short of the first down marker. Game's over. So we lose that one. And then we had um, we had the dump truck uh, Carolina Panthers, who were also stopped um, very short of where they were supposed to go. Stopped on a two-point conversion to win the game. Um, and Tampa Bay somehow wins that game. And I don't really care, but it does irritate me that that I got the game wrong, and I don't care. Like if it's a game that I really cared about, and like let's say let's say next week Notre Dame wins, I won't be upset that I got the pick wrong. I mean I will, but it's not gonna ruin my day. But I care about the game more so than anything. This irritates me because I don't care about the game at all, or I didn't care, and I still got it wrong. Like that that kind of bothers me in a strange way so we're hopefully we're hoping to bounce back tonight we're hoping to bounce back this week and we have another dog food thursday night game i mean they're not even trying anymore to make these games remotely interesting like even the the hype commercial like every week they have a hype commercial they have like one fan of one team having like a roast battle with another fan i guess 
it's just like it's pretty it's like a nauseating commercial like one of the fans just goes you're not ready bruh and it's the most uncomfortable commercial and then they start arguing about each other's cities and i'm watching the commercial i'm like you guys both live in small markets what are you how are you arguing memphis to jacksonville this this game is it's a mess i mean uh we're gonna get through this game quick Titans and Jaguars, and I'm going to be honest with you. I normally make these picks beforehand. Obviously, I put them down in my little notes or whatever, my Word document, then I read them off and I explain. I break down the game. That's how we make the Crowd Noise podcast. I don't even have a pick here because I forgot to actually pick this game before the show started. That's how little I care about Thursday night football. I have the picks for the other two games. I didn't even pick a winner. For Titans and Jaguars. Because I do not care. I'm going to pick the Jacksonville Jaguars. Solely because they have the coolest quarterback in the National Football League. His name is Gardner Minshew. He played at Washington State. And he has a mustache. And he is the coolest guy in the National Football League. I'm taking the Jaguars for that reason solely. I don't care about the game. I don't care if, if if I get this game wrong. I really don't. I'm only taking the Jaguars because they have Gardner Minshew. Now, that's not really not even a football reason at that point either. Do I think he's better than Marcus Mariota? You could probably make an argument at that point. Um, comparing Gardner Minshew and Marcus Mariota is really not um, as wide of a margin as you, as you may think. I mean, Gardner Minshew might actually be better than Marcus Mariota at this point. I'm going to take the Jaguars. I think Jalen Ramsey might have a pick in this game trying to increase his his trade value, trying to get out of Jacksonville. I don't blame him. Uh, I'm going to take the Jags tonight uh, by by two points. because It'll probably be the score of 5-3 to three because all these games are horrendous and they are a waste of time. I mean, you can literally do anything else for three hours and it would be more productive than watching this game. Actually, you know what you should do for three hours tonight? I want you to make a list. I want you to, here's, I'm going to give you a homework assignment. While the game is on, I want you to compile a list of things that are more interesting than Thursday night football between the Jacksonville Jaguars and the Tennessee Titans. And apply that list next Thursday when we get another dump truck football game. It's probably going to be the Dolphins and the Browns, for God's sake. And then use that list to keep yourself occupied occupied for next Thursday. That's what I want you to do tonight. Do not watch tonight's game. Usually I tell you guys, enjoy the games. Make sure you watch this. Tune in here or there, whatever. Please do not watch this game. For the love of all things that are holy, do not watch this game. That's how you get rid of Thursday night football. If the ratings go down, we don't ever have to deal with this ever again. So do not watch tonight. Compile a list of things that are more entertaining than Thursday night football and apply that for the rest of the season on Thursday nights. Now, second game of the week. We have the Ravens and the Chiefs. What a palate cleanser this is. We go from the Titans and the Jaguars to the Ravens and the Chiefs, arguably two of the best teams in the AFC, excluding the New England Patriots. Obviously, they'd be in that conversation as well. But you get two great teams here. You get two great quarterbacks. Now, I know last week I said pump the brakes on Amar Jackson a little bit. He had another fantastic game. Great for him, and he did. He played fantastic, but they played the Arizona Cardinals. So out of the gate, he's now played the Miami Dolphins, who may be the worst team in NFL history, which is saying something, and the Arizona Cardinals, who I hate. So 
he has t- played two teams that are not even subpar. They are not good teams. I mean, they are the lowest tier in the NFL. But in his defense, he did what you're supposed to do when you play low-tier teams. You're supposed to dominate. He had five touchdowns against the Dolphins, if, I, if I'm uh, not mistaken. And then last week, he had three touchdowns. So he did what he's supposed to do. Now is where the real test comes. Can you do it against the higher teams, specifically in the AFC? These are teams that you're probably going to be seeing in the playoffs. And now the division is wide open for the Baltimore Ravens. The Browns have struggled out of the gate, which I kind of suspected would happen. And the Steelers they had the worst luck in the league this year. They, they, they really do. Uh, ben Roethlisberger now out for the season. The division is wide open for the Ravens to win. This is their first test of the season. This is really their first game of the season. The Ravens have, are going to get three bye weeks this year because they had two right out of the gate to start the season and then whenever their bye week is later on in the season. So they get three weeks off this year. Um, not this week. They do play Pat Mahomes uh, and the Chiefs. It looks like at this point in time, they, will, they possibly will be without Damian Williams. Will the Kansas City Chiefs? Will that have a lasting effect on the Chiefs throughout the game? No, I do not think so because I do have LaShawn McCoy. Remember now, he didn't practice yesterday. He is a limited participant in practice today, but they still have Darwin Thompson uh, backing him up. And I might add, they are the Kansas City Chiefs. They have weapons galore. They're not leaning on Damian Williams to win them any games for that matter, let alone this game, specifically against Baltimore, who has a good run defense anyway. So even if Damian Williams was playing, I don't think he would factor much into the game in the first place. So I don't think this will have a huge impact on the Chiefs. They are without Tyreek Hill. Not a problem. They have Miko Hardman. Had a 73-yard touchdown last week. Was negated by a penalty. He provides the same downfield threat that Tyreek Hill does. Obviously, they still have Sammy Watkins. Still have Travis Kelsey. He's the best tight end in the game, bar none. I'm taking the Chiefs in this one because I do think if we're comparing quarterbacks, and I know you guys probably think I hate Lamar Jackson. I don't. I actually really like him. Gave a snarky remark a few weeks ago. Not bad for a running back, right? Um, referring to a stat line. I like Lamar Jackson, but again, and it's not just Lamar Jackson because I know what angle you're trying to work right now. This, I'm not even sold on Jimmy G. I, I just said it earlier in the show. I'm still not sold on him being a franchise guy. I have to see it over the course of a whole season, and really multiple seasons. So I'm not sold on Lamar Jackson nor Jimmy Garoppolo. Um, and if we're comparing quarterbacks while Lamar Jackson is off to a very hot, hot start, he's not Patrick Mahomes, okay? And no one is. Quite frankly, there's only one Patrick Mahomes. And if we're comparing quarterbacks, um, I'm going to take Patrick Mahomes in, uh, in this game. I'll take the Chiefs uh, at home. They are at home. So I, th- I do think that uh, – I don't really don't think that factors in also as well. The Chiefs are so good that normal factors in a game, you're missing your number one receiver. You're missing your number one running back really don't even factor. And they're a great road team because they're able to stretch the field and get down the field quickly. They're able to move the chains, get first downs, keep the crowd quiet. Um, the fact that it's at home is only an advantage. But even if it were in Baltimore, I don't think that would be a, a big issue for the Kansas City Chiefs. Let me just double-check that they are in Kansas City because they played in Kansas City last year, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, it is in Kansas City which is interesting because they're not in the same division, obviously, and it's rare that you see the same team two years in a row in the same venue. So it's kind of strange that they played last year and this year, back-to-back years, and then on top of everything else, 
in the same stadium in Arrowhead. So uh, I'll take the Chiefs this week. Uh, go Pat Mahomes. And finally, a game that may not jump out at people. I could have picked the Texans and the Chargers. I could have picked um, any number of games. The Bears, well, that's not really a good game. The Rams and the Browns, that's nationally televised. Uh, who do the Patriots play this week? I can't find it. Well, besides the point, there could there are more interesting games on paper, I will admit. However, this game is incredibly the Jets uh, the Patriots play the Jets by the way. Um, it is incredibly interesting game because these are two teams that are off to very surprising starts. Starts that I don't I feel the masses did not expect from these two teams. San Francisco 49ers are 2 and 0. They're undefeated on the season and the Pittsburgh Steelers are 0 and 2. Now, I picked the Steelers to win the division out of the gate. I felt like they were the best team in the AFC North. And quickly, that has evaporated in the span of two weeks. Because not only have they gotten off to a, a slow start, they got demolished on Sunday night against the Patriots. Then, week two, they lose their starting quarterback in Ben Roethlisberger, a Super Bowl champion, likely headed to the Hall of Fame. Maybe not a first ballot, but I think Ben Roethlisberger has accrued the numbers and he has the rings. He's going to get into Canton one day. Hashtag hot take. Um, and the 49ers, who I like, I really like their defense. Again, not so long. I like the 49ers for everything other than Jimmy G. Have to see it over the course of a season. Are undefeated the old-fashioned way by playing defense, which has lasting effects in this game, especially when you think about the Steelers are already they're struggling to score the ball are the Steelers, and on top of that, they're going to be missing Ben Roethlisberger. James Conner is coming off of a knee injury. It uh, looks like he's going to play Sunday, but he will not be 100%, I assume. So uh, they're already struggling to score. Starting quarterback is done. Their starting running back is banged up, not fully 100%, and they're playing a great defense. It's clear that the 49ers are going to win this game, right? Like this should, and they're playing, you know, I was going to say in Candlestick. They're playing in San Francisco. It's no longer Candlestick. It is uh, Levi Stadium, actually. Um, they're on the road. They're playing in the West Coast. The 49ers should win this game, correct? I'm actually going to take the Steelers because it's hard for me. Am I selling stock on the Steelers? Partially, yes. Because if you if you lose your quarter, if any team loses their quarterback for the whole season, yeah, you're going to struggle. Your offensive production is going to go down. But they are 0 and 2. It's hard for me to envision them going 0 and 3. Um, they add Minka Fitzpatrick via trade from Miami this week. I think that's a bear, a very big acquisition for them. They're going to need games to be lower scoring to take the pressure off of Mason Rudolph, who is uh, now the starter, the successor to Ben Roethlisberger. Uh, Juju Smith-Schuster has been relatively quiet the first two games of the season. I think he will break out. I think he needs to break out because, again, James Conner not 100%. They're not going to have the balance on offense. And, again, I'm not sold on Jimmy Garoppolo. This is a big game for him. The Steelers, while they are 0-2, this is a very big game for Jimmy Garoppolo. A chance for him to really prove himself and get to 3-0 and in the NFC West, potentially land that number one spot in the division. Now, could that go away over the course of the season and could they go back, fall down to third place in the division? Yeah, sure. But it's nice to get off to a hot start and start off in first place, especially in that division, division where you have the Rams, you have the Seahawks, and the Cardinals play football in that division. But the Rams and the Seahawks are very good teams. You're going to be competing with them 
to win the division. You're going to be competing with them to get into the wild card and get into the playoffs. This is a big game for Jimmy Garoppolo. I'm actually taking the Steelers, and maybe I'm, I'm riding with the Steelers to a fault. Maybe that's a problem. This is a dumb pick, but again, there is such a thing in sports called an upset. This would be one of those. An upset is when the team who is not favored to win wins the game. Now, I'll, sometimes it doesn't seem like a smart pick because they're not favored, but when they do win, it is referred to as a upset. I'm going to take the Steelers this week. And there are your, uh, I guess, week week three already. Sheesh, it's gone by pretty fast. Your week three NFL picks, your week four college picks. Uh, there you go. There. So place your bets now. And now on to the quote of the week. Let's close it out real strong. Another efficient week of the Crowd Noise Podcast. Again, we have a shorter episode. I don't like to say it's quick. I like to say it's efficient. And that's a phrase that I've had to use in multiple assets of my life other than podcasting. So we go on to the quote of the week, right? Here we go. Quotes. We get the best quote that I heard throughout the week. We put it at the end of the show and we call it the quote of the week, very aptly named. Quote, I want to expletive win. I want to expletive win. Straight up. Jalen Ramsey on requesting a trade from the Jacksonville Jaguars. The whole thing comes full circle. I mean, we always have a theme and an idea when we make these episodes. We don't just show up on the day of 15 minutes before we start recording and make an outline. No, we put some real thoughts and effort into making this show. So we start off with the Jaguars and how terrible they are, and we close out with the Jaguars and how terrible they just really are. So Jalen Ramsey, star cornerback of the Jacksonville Jaguars, kind of the face of that defense, really the face of that franchise, actually, requesting a trade from the Jaguars. And there were some people who had some problems with it. And I had a problem with those people who had problems with Jalen Ramsey. Am I a Jalen Ramsey stan? No. Do I like Jalen Ramsey? Yes, he's a great player. I always have great respect for the corners of the game. I, I, love, I love cornerbacks. Such an a, a undervalued position, I feel, in the game of football. Okay? Um, like Jalen Ramsey. Sure, he's a great football player. Talks a lot of trash. Don't mind that. Deion Sanders talked a lot of trash. And he's the greatest corner, if not the greatest football player of all time. Don't have a problem with the trash talk. A lot of people had problems with him requesting a trade from the team after they got off to a less than ideal start, shall we say, to the season. And I thought it was hypocritical for people to kill Jalen Ramsey. And they didn't kill him. They didn't put him on blast. But there were people. Steve Young did not like this at all. He went as far as to say, and maybe this could have been another candidate for quote of the week, the NFL has become the NBA. Players just want to play for the best teams. They want to get out of, the, of these bad situations. And they, they just... As soon as they're on a bad team, they just want out and they want to get a trade. Is it such a bad thing that the NFL becomes the NBA? Have you seen what the summer has looked like for the NBA the past three, four, five seasons? Their offseason is, quite frankly, more interesting and captivating than their regular season. And perhaps their postseason is the NBA. Is that such a bad thing? And by the way, why do we kill Jalen Ramsey for requesting a trade from a bad team when, yes, there are plenty of players in the NBA who want to move away from bad situations where there's no foreseeable future and there's no way for them to win a championship and win 
um, on a consistent basis. NBA players do it all the time. All the time. Kawhi Leonard left from a championship. He left for a team that won a championship team to a team that is unproven. He kind of did the reverse. Danny Green follows suit. And that's another thing. Why do we kill the star players? Why are we always trying to tear down the star players for, for wanting a better situation for themselves, especially in football, a game that is as violent as football is? If you want to maximize the winning potential of your career, if there's any sport to do it, it's in football. Now, football does, is not plug-and-play so much as basketball. If you get Kawhi Leonard, put him on any team in the league, they immediately become relevant. You can't necessarily say that for Jalen Ramsey, but they're two entirely different sports, right? There's, there's 22 people on the field at any given time of a football game. There's only 10 for basketball, so it is a much different game. But however, why do we kill the stars of our games for moving teams? Anthony Davis is maybe the most hated man in New Orleans, why are we mad at Anthony Davis for wanting to leave the Pelicans? We should be mad at the Pelicans' front office and not their current administration. It's a completely new set of um, administrators, I guess. Um, why do we not blame the front office when Anthony Davis was there for putting a roster around him that could succeed? The best player after Anthony Davis was Drew Holiday. Now, no disrespect to Drew Holiday, but that's not the formula for winning a title. And he wants to go to the, to the Lakers to a bigger market where he can succeed and win championships and people want to crucify him for it. But Danny Green can leave the Raptors because Kawhi Leonard left and no one says anything. And I'm not saying, here I'm getting, I'm going to bring it all the way back. I'm not saying we should kill all athletes. I'm saying we shouldn't kill anybody. These athletes are also human beings. As I, as you and I both are. They're human beings. They have free will. They're not bound to the fans. They don't owe you anything. Jalen Ramsey owes the Jacksonville Jaguars, the citizens of Jacksonville, nothing. He owes them zero. How about instead of getting after the Jacksonville Jaguars, Steve Young? If you want it to be like the NBA or you say it's not like the NBA, well, it's really, if you're saying the NFL is becoming the NBA, it's not. Because the Jacksonville Jaguars are the furthest thing from a super team. Okay, he has no help on that team. Why are we getting after Jalen Ramsey when we should be getting after the front office for wasting a Super Bowl caliber defense, I want to say three years ago, two, two, three years ago when they beat the Steelers, when their answer to Tom Brady was Blake Bortles. Why are we getting after Jalen Ramsey for wanting out of that scenario? Nick Fol- Yes, they add Nick Foles. He's out for the season. He's not coming back. And if he does come back, it will be far too late for them to have caught up with the Houston Texans. As much as I love Gardner Minshew, he's unproven. Again, as much as I love Gardner Minshew, this whole, the theme of today is I have to see a quarterback over the course of a season and sometimes multiple seasons to know it's a real deal. Jalen Ramsey should request a trade. He's in a small market. He's on a team that, quite frankly, does not have the roster capable of competing with teams within his own division. He gets into a dispute with the head coach. Do we know what that dispute was over? No. But when you're frust- there's a frustration that, that builds up when you're on a team that just has no direction, that has no real potential to win a Super Bowl or an NBA Finals or a World Series or a Stanley Cup. You build frustration 
over the course of your career when you feel like you're wasting your prime years and you don't get those back. And how do we measure players? With rings. That's how we measure the legacy of players in North American sports. We don't care about your stats. We care about the rings first and then we talk about stats. That's just the way things are. So how can you blame a player for wanting to get a ring to insert um, some kind of respect, some respect into their legacy? Like Jalen Ramsey has to win the Jacksonville Jaguars a Super Bowl all by himself. Like he has to be the number one reason they win a Super Bowl. In football, you almost have to be on a quote-unquote super team because again, football is the ultimate team sport. There are so many members on each team was it 55, 54 guys on a roster? 22 guys are playing on the field at any given time? One person cannot dictate the game. The one person that has the most impact is the quarterback. Why? Because they have the ball 100% of the time. And even still, a great quarterback needs halfway decent receivers, needs a good offensive line, needs a good running game, actually needs a defense to keep the score low so they don't have to score 50 points a game. So even that argument... It is invalid. And I disagree with Steve Young that this is a bad thing for the league. I think it's a great thing. I've promoted Alabama Clemson. We need superpowers in college football. I've promoted the Golden State Warriors. We need a villain. We need dynasties. Why do you think everyone loves Tom Brady so much? Because he's a winner. Because the Patriots win and they win all the time. So good for Jalen Ramsey for having the courage, the courage to request a trade. Because anytime these guys request trades in any given sport, we want to beat them up for it. We want to say they're soft, they're sensitive, they're not a team player, they're selfish. And knowing all that, he still requests a trade and wants to play in a better situation. He said in that very same interview where I got the quote of the week from, as long as, I'm on, as, long as I am a member of the Jacksonville Jaguars, I'm going to play as hard as I possibly can and I'm going to try to win. And they play tonight, and I feel like Jalen Ramsey owes it to himself to have a great game. Owes it to himself to increase his trade value. The better he plays tonight, the quicker he's going to get traded. And tell me it's not interesting. It's not good for the league. Going back to uh, Steve Young calling this, saying it's a bad thing for the NFL to be the NBA. This is news. You're telling me it's not interesting? What if Jalen Ramsey goes to the New England Patriots. You're telling me that's not exciting? People are not going to talk about that? People aren't going to watch that? You think this is bad for the league? I think this is fantastic. And this for the reason another reason why it's good for the league, it's good for the players because this forces GMs and forces front offices to stay competitive. You don't like the Dolphins, you don't like what they're doing, you don't like teams that are tanking. Well, this will force teams to be competitive. If you have stars on your team, you have to accommodate them with a competitive, uh, competent and competitive roster, a team that can actually win the whole thing. This is great for the league, and I love what Jalen Ramsey is doing. So how can you hate the Dolphins for tanking and purposely trying to lose games? And yet when a player wants to win games and wants to be on a team that is competitive, we kill him for it. It makes no sense, and it's hypocritical. It's not fair that we, we tear down teams for losing, and then we also tear down players for wanting to play for a winner. Those two don't mix. They don't go together. That's going to take, take us to the end of this week's episode. Appreciate you guys stopping by. Hope I gave you some food for thought with that Jalen Ramsey stuff. 
feel very strongly about that. I'm for player mobility. You know this. I, I want players to play where they're happy. I want players to play on competitive teams. Why do I want to see the stars of the NBA or the NFL or the MLB, whatever league, play on a lousy team? I want to see these players compete in the postseason. I want to see them in competitive games. I want to see them on national television. It's important that these players have that opportunity. So it's going to take us to the end of this week's episode. Uh, If you guys could like, subscribe, share, follow, whatever you got to do to help grow the Crowd Noise podcast, it would be greatly appreciated. Watch the games this Saturday. They're going to be phenomenal. Watch the games this Sunday. They're going to be phenomenal. Do not watch the game tonight on Thursday. It is going to be horrendous. I will talk to you next week.